What do you do when the logical choice makes absolutely no sense? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you can find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. I have been so excited to talk to you guys today. Um, I feel like this past weekend, if you're listening to me in real time, it's Monday, February 12th, 2018. Um, but this past weekend has been all about mindset in real time. And you know those are my favorite things. And specifically, it's my mindset in real time. And hopefully what I'm sharing with you are lessons learned from the road, so to speak. Those of you who have been following me on my journey know that my husband and I moved cross country in December from Boston to California. And we've been living temporarily in a hotel, but we've purchased a home, which I affectionately call the Golden Girls House for all of its dated 90s furniture. Um, We closed this week. And we'll be moving in this Friday, and it feels like another huge chunk of our journey is behind us. Um, and it hasn't been an easy journey. It's been long and exhausting, and I see stories all the time of people who seem to pick up and move and land cross-country in no time flat. And our journey is just taking us a bit longer, and the transition process has been really drawn out. Um, I think sometimes that makes me bigger, bolder, braver, and other times I think it makes me smaller, more insecure, and a little more fearful in my regular every day. But I wanted to walk you through something and I'm hoping that the, it's a silly story and I'm, I was wondering how it would read over podcast, right? Like if you're not in it with me in real time and you don't see all the moving parts, does the story have as much punch? But I'm certainly hoping, hoping that the uh, story has some relevancy for you because it felt really important to me um, as I've been living it this weekend. And it's the idea of when you have a logical choice to make, um, or you just have any decision to make, really. I think that that's a better way of describing it and introducing it to you, is this idea of when you have a decision to make, when you're setting out to make a plan, what happens when the logical choice and the emotional choice aren't really the same thing? And do you give yourself permission to make choices based on emotion? And then it becomes a discussion of if you're choosing the emotional choice, are you giving into fear? Are you playing into anxiety? Or are you maybe doing the opposite and setting yourself up for success? So that's the introduction. How do you choose emotion? When do you choose logic? And how the heck are you supposed to know the difference? So think about that. And if, as I put this out to you, if you can think about a decision where the choice was really coming down to a logical option and an emotional object, I want you to think back to what you chose, why you chose it, and if you do it again. So take a moment to sit on that for a bit and find me on the other side of this break. Okay, I'm going to try to walk you through this story in a way that feels as relevant and as succinct as possible, because to me, as it was happening to me, it feels like a super long story, but I really don't want to waste your time. So basically, my husband and I did this cross-country move, and we made the plan to live in California temporarily in a hotel, as we are now, with the plan that we would purchase, renovate, redesign a home to make it universal design. For those of you who don't know, my husband uses a wheelchair. And this was set to be the first home of ours 
that we didn't have to adapt to. The home would have universal design and would adapt to us. When we came out here and made that choice, we decided not to bring any of our furniture with us. We just brought the belongings that we really cared about, things we thought we would need no matter what. I loaded them into a pod uh, back in, uh, I guess, November <laughs> of 2017. Um, and we planned on having that pod delivered to us in a fully furnished, new designed home. Life does not happen as it does on Property Brothers. Uh, it takes longer. And our architect let us know that, no, in fact, he wanted us to move into our home, get a sense of the place, really get to see what we needed changed, what we would need differently, and um, live in it for a bit. It also takes some time to do the redesign to get the permits for the work. And so he said, live in the home temporarily. Uh, maybe a month or so ago when we picked this property, we saw the house. We saw the furnishings and we believed we'd be able to ask the owners um, if we could please purchase some of their furniture. We'd live in that and use that temporarily until it was time to move out. It's move-in week, so I started getting ready for this last week. I started switching over the utility companies. I started calling everybody and getting that set. And then we asked our realtor, hey, by the way, are we going to be able to buy any of the furnishings? And our realtor told us last week, not so much, that the owners weren't interested and selling us that um, furniture. And suddenly we find ourselves in the predicament where we have no furniture. Um, nothing. <laughs> we didn't even have a bed. Um, and so it got a little stressful and it got a little intimidating, but we realized we would just pick pieces that we could temporarily live in. Um, we'd get an Ikea couch or we'd, you know, use Wayfair.com and get a dining room table, but we would do temporary and we would do it on the cheap until we got what we really wanted and we were in our forever home. And it felt manageable. It felt okay. We felt on top of it. My utilities were all set up, and then it was time to call the cable company. And I call the cable company. I get that set up to say, hey, this is what we need. Please schedule this for Friday, February 16th. That's move-in day. And he tells us, well, actually, no, we can't get to you until the following week. And in that moment, I could feel like the bubbling start in my belly, right? Like the, oh, God, no cable, no internet in an empty house with no furniture that we have to put together. We had talked ourselves into it when we realized that we were going to be putting together Ikea furniture. I, I'm like super Olympics obsessed. So I was like, that's fine. We'll just have the Olympics on like full time and you'll make one nightstand. I'll make the other nightstand. We'll do a race. It'll be totally fine. And suddenly I started to have this feeling of, wow, that's going to be a really empty house. We're not really buying a lot of furniture. Oh God, oh God. And then the emotions kick in, right? I started to feel anxious. I started to feel small. I started to feel less than, and I felt really dumb because my version of events in that moment was I was totally okay until someone took away my TV and cable. Like what a first world problem, right? Suddenly I was going to have to go five to seven days without internet access. And that was going to be the thing that did me in. And it made me feel so small, so stupid, and so incredibly foolish. 
So I did what I do, right? I decided to pull myself up by my bootstraps, stiffen my backbone, and just like recognize that it's not the end of the world not to have cable or internet for five days. I could easily explain it to my clients. I've been so transparent with people that I'm in the middle of this transition. Everybody would understand. It would be okay. It was only five to seven days, and I'm doing the talk, right? And I can feel the emotion kind of bubbling about, but I'm ignoring it because that's the common sense thing to do is I'm going to have plenty of things to do in a house that I have to unpack and unload the pod and do all those things. You know, with my husband's disability moving to the other side of the country, it's not like I know a lot of people who I can ask for help. So I'll largely be doing it by myself. It's not like I won't have a lot to do. That's the story that I keep telling myself. That night at dinner, I'm telling my husband, and I'm saying, hey, I got a really good deal on cable and internet, um, you know, and I, you know, I was talking to him about it, and I said, but the bad news is, is they can't come for another week, and he said, oh, and he's kind of quiet, and I can feel him kind of reacting to it, and he's like, oh, so we're going to, you know, be in that house with uh no cable, no internet. And I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, it feels kind of weird, right? And we're going back and forth. And he's like, it'll be fine. We're going to have plenty of things to do. We're going to have to be putting together the furniture. It'll be okay. And you you feel the weird, awkward tension. <laughs> looking back on it, I wonder like what it looks like from people looking at our table because clearly like we're both uncomfortable, afraid to say it out loud. I And finally, I put down my fork and I said, this feels really dumb and stupid and small of me. So I'm just going to say that. I was like, but I don't know that I want to move into the house if we don't have cable or internet. That feels really overwhelming and feels really empty and lonely to me. And I know you're going to be there with me and I know it's super dumb, but like, should we stay at the hotel until we can maybe get the furniture put together, buy furniture? We like had nothing, you know, even picked out really. Um, and maybe should we like wait a while? And he, without missing a beat, was like, yes, I, I think that sounds like a really good idea. Five minutes later, I was like, it feels kind of dumb, doesn't it? Like, it feels like we're not just like badass and, um, like, you know, who, do, who postpones a move for five to seven days just because of internet? Who pays for a hotel when they just bought a house, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and finally I said, you know, maybe we've just been brave enough. Maybe leaving our friends and family, moving cross country, doing all of this, making the really hard decision on a wing and a prayer. We really believe we picked the house we wanted. Maybe we've been brave enough and maybe it's going to be okay if we just take the easy way. Because when I was packing up and moving and donating stuff and purging, my phrase that I moved through the world with was, let it be easy. Maybe we just need to let it be easy. And I started to cry because that's what I do. Those of you who know me know that's what I do. So I just started to cry and I said, let's just give us permission to let it be easy, even if it seems kind of dumb. And by the next day, I called my best friend back on the East Coast. And I was telling her the story and she's like, oh, you're so good at this. And I was like, I'm so good at what? She's like, you really set yourself up for success 
all the time. She's like, you would have gone and you would have just bucked through that weekend and you would have powered through and you would have just, you know, gapped with me during it. You would have been the strong person, but you would have been miserable. And what a miserable way to start a new adventure in your new house. She's like, you're so good at identifying what you need and being unapologetic about getting it. And I was like, holy hell, that makes me sound like a badass. <laughs> that doesn't sound small. That sounds suddenly wise and amazing and on top of it. And what a way to look at it from a place of power. And I went from feeling small to feeling like I'd arrived again, like I was ready for what was next, simply with a quick reframe from small to setting myself up for success. The logical choice, the common sense choice, what other people would do, sometimes just isn't the right choice for us, right? Sometimes we have to go with what feels better, what feels more consistent with who we are and how we move through the world. And what makes us bigger sometimes starts out with something that makes us feel small until we decide to own the choice, until we decide to look at ourselves and recognize that always, you know, logic doesn't always win. Logic isn't always the best choice for us. There's no way to know that other than to do a gut check, really. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we making this decision based on fear? Or are we making the decision based on improving the big picture? It was really hard for me to know that, honestly, and I think that's why it made me feel small. It made me feel like perhaps I was holding back and I wasn't doing um, the badass thing by waiting and, you know, getting all my ducks in a row. It's hard to sometimes tell the difference, but I know that the way I did it was by asking myself, what's the action I'm going to choose next? So I'm not just procrastinating on moving in. I'm not just waiting and trying to avoid it because it is going to be super intimidating to move from a hotel living situation into a, you know, a multi-bedroom, multi-bathroom house. We haven't lived outside of a hotel room since October 30th. It's going to be a big change and adjustment regardless. But I know that what I'm going to do with it is so I'm going to create a sense of coming home. That's my desired outcome. That's my desired action. I'm not putting off pain. I'm not trying to avoid a hard time or being uncomfortable. I'm trying to create a, a special memory, a special feeling out of the new situation. The only way you're going to be able to tell what you're doing and what side of the fence you're on is if you're willing to do an honest gut check with yourself about it to say, like, am I just avoiding the hard part? Am I just trying to avoid being uncomfortable, doing something that goes against the grain? Or am I really trying to build a foundation that sets me up for more success? Only you're going to know the answer to that based on how you move through the world and based on how you best operate. My husband and I continue to learn the lesson this weekend because we have been led to believe um, 
that there was a possibility that the owners of the home we were buying uh, would be willing to sell us their furniture. Um, and so we had imagined that when we moved in, we would, you know, we would be using, um, you know, we'd be using their things. And when we found out that they didn't want to sell us our furniture, we made the plan to purchase, you know, sort of small term, you know, small term, short term is probably a better way to describe it, things just to get us by. I started looking at couches that were only like $300, but honestly, they weren't very comfortable. They were hard as a rock. Um, I was looking at dining room tables that looked equally uncomfortable. Um, and then we started looking at beds and it got a little more comfortable from there. And I started having this thought like, oh, I wonder how temporary is temporary. And I reached out to my architect and I said, hey, I know that we are going to be in this house for a while before um, you kick us out to do the renovations. But do you have a sense of how long that's going to be when you're going to kick us out? And that's when I found out that it's going to be 10 months. Um, we're not going to be out of that house to get it redesigned and reworked on until the end of the year. Um, again, not like Property Brothers and not like they show us on HGTV. So it felt like a sucker punch. And I honestly don't know what story I had told myself looking back on it. I feel like he had kind of said to us 10 months and I feel like maybe my husband and I both didn't listen at the same time or for whatever reason, we didn't really truly hear it. But suddenly 10 months of temporary living in that house became the immediate next thing that overwhelmed us. It was like we solved the cable crisis and then suddenly we had the how the heck do we live temporarily for another 10 months quandary and then the bubble started to begin and the tears started pricking the back of the eyes and I had a whole nother mindset thing to climb in the very same weekend and just like that I started shaking in my shoes again, getting nervous, getting overwhelmed. The first thing I said to my husband was, we were wrong to get rid of all our stuff. We should have just packed it and moved it. And he's like, and pay for all that shipping and storage for all those months for furniture we didn't really want and we weren't going to use and keep that we could only have to junk now. That makes no sense. And I was like, well, now we have nothing. We're moving into an empty house for 10 months. Like that's like the length of time some people stay in an apartment. And the tears start going and I start getting overwhelmed. And then I take a beat, I do what I do, and I calm down. And I go into my problem-solving boss mode, as my husband likes to call it. And I was just like, all right, let's just do this and as budget-friendly a way as possible. Let's just start looking at what do we need, like bare minimum. We need a couch. We need a bed. We need a dining room table and chairs. Um, I need something for my office. Um, what are we going to need? What are the absolute basics we're going to need? And I start looking at places like Wayfair and Ikea for all the temporary furniture <laughs> like that could just get us by. I started looking at couches that were like $300, it would do the deed, and I'm ready to press purchase. When I have this moment of this couch 
doesn't look very comfortable. Um, yeah, it's cheap. Yes, it's going to save us money, but we're going to be in a house that is completely dated. The office, just to give you a fun tidbit, the room that I've chosen as my office is currently wallpapered in New York Mets wallpaper. And it sucks because I'm a Yankee fan, so it doesn't even work out for me. But um, when I tell you old and dated and fixer-upper, old and dated and fixer-upper. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, we're going to be on uncomfortable furniture for 10 months. Like, this doesn't make any sense. So I get on the phone with my husband, and I said to him, I'm looking at a couch that's like 500 bucks. I said, that's a lot of money to pay for something we know we're only using for 10 months. And I said, but it's comfortable. It works for us. I think it could work. Um, what do you say? And he hems and he haws. And I said, I feel like if we're already choosing temporary, we have to choose comfortable. We can't be on an uncomfortable couch for 10 months. That feels like a really long time to compromise. And as soon as I used that lens, he was like, yes, let it be comfortable. We don't need to spend a lot of money on the dining room table and chairs. We can buy like a little box set at Target or Ikea. We can do the same thing with other things. But yes, let's invest in our bed because we know we're keeping that forever. And yes, let's get a decent couch, even though we know that's not going to be our final answered couch. We don't know what the design of the new house is going to look like. We don't know what the final story is, but choose to be comfortable. And again, it was a reinforcement of the same lesson I had just learned, that it's more about emotion than logic. It's not really logical at a time when you just bought a house. And P.S., my husband also needs a new car because we donated his car before we moved here because it wasn't worth the investment of shipping it out here. So we need to buy a house and a car in a short span of time. Who does that, right? It's, it's silliness on our part, but it is the luck of the draw. It is what it is. And we ultimately decided that, yeah, for 10 months, we're already going to be compromising a lot. There's a lot about the house that's not going to be ready. There's aspects of it that don't have universal design. Let's choose to be comfortable. And immediately, that same sense of peace that came over when we decided to wait a week before we moved in started to settle in that we could choose us. We could choose what set us up for success, even if nobody else would understand it. Not that our investment choices are anybody's business, but I just made it public on a podcast, so you're all going to hear about it anyway. But the idea that we choose us and what's best for us, and it's okay if no one else understands. I think this is the part of mindset work that people don't talk enough about. It feels like so many of the messages are connected to this idea of some version of how to be a badass, how to go out there and kill it, how to take action, how to get past your fear. And you guys know me. Like, that is me on a lot of levels as a mindset coach, right? That's what I preach is taking action, doing the thing you say you're going to do, stomping on fear. So I feel like it's really hard for coaches like 
like myself to figure out how to tell people it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to get in the slow lane. It's okay to take a step back. It's okay to wait without disempowering you, without telling you it's okay to let fear hold you back. And I feel like that fine line descriptor of what's the difference when someone holds themselves back because of fear versus taking the slow road because it's what's best for them. It's so hard to describe that I feel like people skip it altogether rather than engaging in the conversation. And it's convenient for me that my last name is Gray because it feels like this is a discussion where we're living in the shades of Gray, right? Like that movie is everywhere right now. So of course the phrase is at the top of my mind. So it's this idea of recognizing that some people are going to listen to my words and they are going to use it as an excuse to do nothing. They are not going to change their lives. They're not going to change their stories. And you're going to, and there, or you are going to sit and listen to the show and then be able to say, well, Heather did it. Heather took the easy way out. Heather took the slow lane. If she can do it, I can do it. And use it as a permission to not take action. Some of you are going to listen to this and you're immediately going to get it. And you may even see that the decision to invest in a more expensive temporary couch and the decision to wait for cable and internet are actually decisions that make sense on some level. You might be able to zoom out that camera lens in a way that I wasn't initially able to and see the big picture and see that we made a good choice for ourselves, even if it's not the choice you would make for yourself. That's part of the journey, is figuring out what side of the line you're going to fall on. What I wanted to start in this conversation with all of you today is a self-examination process of where you are in the decision factor. Have you made a choice? Have you decided? Are you staying stuck in a holding pattern simply because action is terrifying you? Or have you been held back from action because the plan you have isn't going to set you up for success. That is a crazy fine line to look at. And I think a lot of people stay stuck and frozen because they can't tell the difference. I'm hoping that by walking you through my mindset in real time, you'll be able to tell the difference. You'll be able to see what side of the line you fall on and what side of the line you need to be on. And I hope you'll self-adjust if you make a change. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today, and I really do hope this conversation has helped you. I want you to have permission and to feel my permission in choosing you and choosing the road and the path that sets you up for success, even if it makes no sense to anyone else, even if it's not the logical choice, even if it's not the time-saving choice or the financial-saving choice, if it's what's best for you and it's going to get you where you want to go faster, more efficiently, and more comfortably, I hope you give yourself permission to choose that path. If you're using emotion as an excuse for not moving because you're still thinking it through, you're still working it out, you're still trying to get all the details and all the ducks in a row, I hope you hear me when I tell you I'm calling bullshit. And it's time for you to pick up yourself by your bootstraps, take action that gets you to your goal.
I can't tell you, listening on, you know, speaking to you on this side of the podcast, what side of the line you fall on. But as you're listening, my bet is you probably know. And you are not going to get where you need to go by staying stuck and the thoughts staying stuck and the feelings you have got to choose to move. And I hope by seeing my wobbles, seeing my process, it gives you an example for you to follow yourself. You may not choose the path that I chose. And that is totally okay, but I want you to make a choice. I also want you to do one more thing for me if you have a second. Please consider subscribing to the show. As I get ready to move, I'm going to be probably a little disrupted in my recording schedule. As you know, cable and internet is up for debate a little bit, and it's been pretty inconsistent here in the hotel I'm staying at anyway. Plus, I'm going to have to take some time to unpack and move, and I'll be taking time off from work. I want you to continue to learn my mindset lessons in real time. I want listeners to be able to um, find me easily. The last time I moved from Boston to California, my listenership dropped down, and I think it's because not everyone subscribed to the show. So when I came back on the air, I'd fallen off the radar and they didn't know. And I don't want that to happen to you. I think we have a really cool thing going with this show. The listeners are what make it. Your letters and comments uh, inspire ongoing conversation for me to maintain a daily podcast. Those of you who create content know that's not an easy feat, but my listeners make it easy. So please stay with me. Please subscribe to the show. And if you have an additional two seconds, share it and leave a review. More mindset lessons are sure to come in the coming days and in the coming weeks as I continue this process and I am psyched to have you guys with me. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you have any comments or concerns, questions, send them to me over at Heather at choose to have it all.com. Otherwise I'm all set for today and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye for now.